poids. Welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brandon, taper winder for the film club. And I'm Corey, bulldog mascot handler for Washington Elementary. And uh, happy Monday, my friend. Happy Monday, dude. We uh, made it through the weekend. Well, you made it through the weekend. I'm unfortunately leaving the weekend. My week started, but uh, yeah, it was good. Good, uh, good weekend. You do anything? Uh, no, I worked the game on Saturday, which the Ducks uh, won. That was fun. They beat the Avalanche nice. in the shootout, so got off the losing Sweet. streak, which is nice. Um, and then Sunday, I didn't do a whole lot of anything. I watched some football, chilled. Um, oh, yeah, you finally had a Sunday off. Yeah, I did. I, I kind of took advantage and laid in, fo- in bed and watched football for a couple hours and then chilled. And then even today, I was off actually as well because I'm working this weekend for a, a concert on Saturday. So I had today off and I actually went down to San Diego for the morning and just kind of hung out for a little bit and came back up. So. Nice, dude. Ride, That's sweet. Solo day. So. Sweet. You just drove down. It was a nice driver. Was it? Uh, oh, it was uh, perfect. I left at like 1030. I got there about noon downtown. I parked just like some random spot. I went up to some cafe at the corner. I had breakfast. Uh, walked around down by the harbor for a little bit, listened to some uh, radio on my headphones, and then got back in the car and drove back home. Just had a nice solo day in SD. I just always, I've always had a good uh, spot in SD. I always love going down there, and sometimes nice. just to get away and drive and kind of be by yourself and kind of think about some things or talk some things out loud to yourself. It's kind of always a good thing. Yeah, I haven't man. done that in a long time, so I really enjoy. Hundred percent. Cool, dude. That's good. I'm glad you did. When you said uh, 10.30 to noon, I was like, damn, an hour and a half. You were flying. But I forgot you have like a good 45 minutes on me to uh, – because it only takes me about two hours to get, to, yeah. to get there. But you have a good 45 minutes on me by being a little more south than I am. So yeah, And because was it was such a, like, a nice drive and it was like nobody on the road, I was just cruising. I didn't really have to you know, like move lanes very many often. I just was kind of cruising in the third or fourth lane just chilling and – Vibing the music. Yeah. Yeah, had a good time. So just had a nice day. So how was your weekend? It was good. I didn't really do much. Uh, worked out Saturday morning. Uh, worked um, today. Lame, boring. <laughs> Went to a church. Uh, like prayer. They have an all prayer night every Monday, uh, first Monday of the month. And also because it was you know, think, not Thanksgiving, December, <laughs> they had a Christmas tree lighting today. So that oh, was pretty nice. cool. Yeah. So just did that, came home, and here we are. Ready to uh, get started. Uh, unfortunately, I, because I was at the thing, I didn't get to catch any of the football game. Did you? Yes, I did. I actually was able to watch uh, most of the second half. I didn't see much of the first because I was doing some chores around the house once I got home. But, I mean, I don't know how the Bengals did this. Uh, Jake Browning, man. Who would have not? Who either, thought? bro. I mean, 32 of 37, 354 yards, one throwing touchdown and one running touchdown of his own. I just – I mean – Obviously, Lawrence leaving the game for the Jags late with the ankle sprain, which now we've learned is a upper ankle sprain. So probably going to be out for a little bit. Um, I would think at least a week since it's a Monday going into a short week next week. Um, But yeah, Bengals look good. They're 6-6, and so they're right back in the thick of a wild card uh, spot, which you would have thought once Burrow was out, that was kind of you know not going to be even looked upon or thought about. So here they are back in it. The biggest thing, though, is the Jags. Like Depending on what happens to Lawrence and how he comes out of this uh, ankle issue the next couple weeks, they're only one game up on both the Colts and the Texans now for the division. So CJ Stroud and them, or if Minshew magic uh, continues to do its thing, like True. who knows what's going to be in the AFC South, which as a Titans fan makes me even more mad because they only have four wins. And this is the one year it's kind of wide open. True. It's been, it's actually been your division for some time now. 
Yeah. So can't be can't be too sad. But honestly, this is kind of I don't want to say disgraceful, but a little disgraceful for for the Jags. I would say that Trevor Lawrence going out would be a good excuse, except for the fact that the Bengals played the entire game with their backup. So. Uh, and you lost still. Yeah. So no excuses here uh, at all. I don't think there is one. The Jags are not going anywhere this year. To be honest with you, I think I explained it to you a little bit before. I thought this year was going to be a year that they were actually going to make like a step forward. Last year, they made the playoffs. They were down big at halftime, came back and won against the Chargers, obviously, choking Chargers. And, uh, you know, then eliminated in the second round. I thought this year would be their year to maybe push the envelope a little bit, get to that second round, win it. Maybe lose again in the conference finals or something like that. But either way, right? Uh, I thought there was going to be some progression. And I'm not seeing it with the way that they're playing this year. Because what you have to do in order to kind of at least make sure you're um, above, which is kind of like where the Dolphins are at, which is to me at least the bare minimum, is beat the bad teams and then be a toss-up with the good teams, right? The Dolphins and the Cowboys, only until recently, basically didn't beat teams that were good, but always made sure to beat teams that were bad. Except the Cardinals. Woo. Um, so that's the bare minimum. And the Jags have lost games where I was like, no, they're for sure going to win. And they don't. And they don't win it. And this is one that they needed to win being at home against the backup quarterback. Again, regardless of what happens to Trevor Lawrence, I understand that he got hurt. That sucks. Uh, but that, like I said, that guy was hurt the whole game. You know, Burrow was out the whole game. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird. I think it's a really bad, bad loss for the Jags, uh, especially since it was their first time on Monday Night Football in 12 years. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Well, you know, to your point about them kind of taking that next step from last year, not only did they come back from behind the chargers last year and win that playoff game, they then went to Kansas city and actually hung in. They were in it till the end. I mean, Kansas city didn't blow them out or walk away with that win easily. They had to battle all the way down to the wire. I think it was even a field goal victory. So even more reason to be like, Oh, Jacksonville's definitely going to take that next step next year. Cause they figured their first year with Doug Peterson, his coach was going to be, you know, a beginning of the process, but they were way ahead of schedule. And now they've almost way come ahead. back to where we thought they would have been last year. And Houston's way yeah. ahead of schedule. And Indianapolis is somehow alive with Minshew and Noah Richardson the last eight or 10 weeks. So I, I just, the AFC South is completely turned upside down and might be, end up being one of the better divisions in all of football, which we wouldn't have said when the season started. Like, yeah, no, they definitely have swapped the years. They should have been what they are this year, last year, and what they were last year, this year, because they were pretty dominant last year, surprisingly so. Again, especially hanging with the Chiefs. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a bad one. Again, 12 years, dude, 12 years. I understand why. They're pretty bad. I wouldn't schedule them on a Monday night either ahead of time with the, with the way they set up most seasons. But, again, with Trevor Lawrence and ETNE, they got – they had honestly, they've had a pretty good – they got Calvin Ridley. They got yeah. uh, Evan Ingram, who got his first touchdown of the season, finally. They have a really good team. Still nothing. I, I don't know. I just – I don't know. You know, I was thinking about is. that too when I saw Ingram getting catches. I was like, oh, no, Brennan's got Ingram and Fancy, but then it was too – Oh, like it's you and I talked about yesterday, yeah. dude. I freaking – I mean, well, that if I would have was... played the right players. Yeah, yeah. No, fantasy's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't play. Remember, I told you I forgot. Yeah, I know. And then I'm looking at it also, just like even if you would have played some other pieces, it wouldn't have mattered. And, and Ingram at this point was just. I was just like, oh no, oh wait, never mind. It's not that big a deal. I'm all good. <laughs> Less stress. Yeah, I literally have uh, stopped. Stopped. Our our freaking fantasy freaking league fell apart. I got lame friends besides you. Yeah, there's only a few people like you said really trying, and uh, well, I guess we'll yeah. in the next couple of weeks if one of those guys will actually pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody kind of quit on it. It is what it is. Well, there's more football that happened this weekend. 
but it happened, you know, Thursday through Sunday. Well, just Thursday and Sunday. Let me not pretend like we got any on Friday or Saturday <laughs> this week. <clears throat> but while we normally do a rundown, we wanted a little shakeup this week. It's week 13. Yep. It's a lucky slash unlucky number, depending on who you ask. And for Corey, it's a lucky one. Heck yeah. And so we're switching it up this week. And Corey's going to be giving us the NFL rundown. Are you ready, dude? I am ready. I prepped a little bit earlier. I hope this goes well. <laughs> okay, are you taking this seriously? Because this is a serious response. I'm just kidding. Well, absolutely. That's why I prepped. It's going to be great. Time. I wouldn't have prepped if it's I gonna didn't be great. it was serious. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. All right, well, hey, let's get to the NFL rundown. Week 13. Let's do it. What a shootout on Thursday night football between the Seahawks and the Cowboys, live from Jerry World. Dak and Geno go back and forth, both throwing for three TDs each. Seahawks had the ball last, and on fourth and two, they forgot to block Micah Parsons, which caused the play to be a bust and seal the win for the Cowboys, who hold on 41-35. The Colts and Titans have always had some good division battles, and this was another one. King Henry had a big day going for over 100 yards and two touchdowns before being knocked out of the game midway through the fourth with a possible concussion. We'll get an update on that later. Minshew Magic strikes again, though, as the Colts get a 31-28 in overtime win and grab a wildcard spot for the time being. Oh, yeah, the Chargers and Patriots played a game in Foxborough. Chargers won 6-0. They covered the spread of 5.5. Moving on. Lions jumped out to a 21-0 lead in the first quarter down in NOLA. Saints battle back, though, and make it a game in the second half. Carr gets knocked out of the game late with a possible concussion, maybe even a shoulder injury that he's had before. Taysom Hill has his typical Swiss Army self way of playing in football. Unfortunately, it does not help the comeback this time. Lions win 33-26. Falcons are battling for an NFC South crown. Who would have thought? And they're trying to prove the doubters wrong. The Jets' defense keeps it close down in the ATL, but another bad game at quarterback for the Jets, regardless of who it is behind center. There were two of them this week. Jets lose a close one in Atlanta, 13-8. Rain, rain, go away. Cardinals go into Pittsburgh, and after two weather delays finally grab a lead looking to upset the Steelers. Kenny Pickett goes down with an ankle injury in the second quarter, and the offense struggles beyond that. Cardinals win 24-10 in the Steel City. Dolphins go into the capital looking to continue their dominance over teams with losing records. Tua has two long TD passes to Tyreek Hill and puts this game out of reach early from the Commanders. Sam Howell struggled in this game as well, throwing an interception for a pick six, and it showed on the scoreboard for Washington. Dolphins win big, 45-15. Game of the week material right here. Broncos go into Houston looking to win a sixth straight game. Yes, sixth straight. C.J. Stroud and the Texans came to play and continue to shock the world. Houston defense comes up big with a late interception on Russell Wilson to help clinch the win 22-17. The Panthers fired their coach last week and looked a little better on offense, but not good enough. The problem is the Buccaneers are one game back of the Falcons and fighting for that division crown, and they showed it this week. Bryce Young and Baker Mayfield both struggled, though, with each only completing 48% of their pass attempts. Somehow, the Buccaneers hold on, 21-18. Joe Flacco came off the couch and had the Browns in a game early down in L.A. at SoFi against the Rams. Problem was, Matthew Stafford had a great game, throwing over 275 yards with three touchdowns, including a 70-yard pass to, or touchdown pass to Puka Nakua. Rams end up winning big and put themselves in the driver's seat of a wildcard spot. Win big, 36-19. Well, the NFC title game rematch was not what we were hoping for. It was close at half, but then the Niners went off in the second half. Debo Samuel has a huge day, rushing for a touchdown and receiving two more. He talked a little trash leading up to the game this week, and he backed it up on the field. Eagles struggle and not only lose their second game of the year, 
but lose possibly Jalen Hurts for a week. 42-19 final for the Niners. Pat Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau did not go as he had hoped. The Chiefs' offense continues to struggle as it has the last few weeks, if not most of the season. Jordan Love had his best game making throws that shows he is improving and definitely a better quarterback than we thought. Maybe the Packers do have the quarterback of the future. We will see as things move forward. Packers shock the world and defeat the defending champs 27-19. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I'm going to quit. I think I don't do it anymore. That was hey, too man. good. Yeah, that you was know, really good. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching the, I think I was watching the SVP last night and they were doing like the fastest three minutes. So I was trying to get some ideas and thoughts and kind of, okay, that's the pace I want to work with. So I think it turned out good though. Yeah, that was so good. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, where do I re- where do I send in the resignation letter to? I just want to make sure that uh, you know going forward here, it was not only week thirteen, but you murdered it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Too bad it wasn't Friday. It would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, Friday thirteens are always my favorite. There's usually one or two a year. Those are my favorite days. Right. Nice. Um, well, we do have. I mean, you just ran through that so beautifully. I don't really know if there's much to talk about, but. <laughs> We're going to hone in on a couple of the games, uh, especially uh, three specifically, that we want to kind of dive into a little bit more. Uh, the first one we're going to start with is one that you kind of crowned the possible game of the week. The Broncos visiting the Texans. Again, Broncos going for the sixth straight. Texans at home, really trying to keep pace with the Jags, who they probably thought were going to win on Monday night at home. I mean, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you? How did this happen, bro? What did you see here? You know, we both talked about it. And I think we both picked the Texans to win this game. We just had a feeling them being at home, uh, feeling good about themselves. And not only that, they just were so close to beating Jacksonville last week that they re- they probably thought, oh, we can't let another one slip through our hands like that. And they didn't this time. Yes. You know, it was a close game. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth early. Houston gets the lead late. And unfortunately, they lose Tank Dell early in the first half, I think, to a, I think it ended up being a leg fracture. So he's out for the rest of the year. But, you know, C.J. Stroud, man, they just, then that offense, they seem to just figure it out and keep the ball moving. Uh, defense comes up big with a couple stops late, especially the interception down in the red zone as the Broncos were, I think it was like second and nine or second or third and nine from there. So, you know, to get that and seal it and really, I mean, they're putting their stamp on themselves. Like you said, Jacksonville lost today. They're only a game out of the division race. Maybe they somehow sneak in and C.J. Stroud really gets an MVP consideration. I don't know. It's crazy what's going on down there. I mean, he definitely deserves consideration and possibly more. The problem is that, speaking of MVP, Brock Purdy is the one who just jumped in front. We'll get to that game next, but this game was good. Um, it wasn't high-scoring good, like what most would consider a good game in today's NFL, similar to like the Seahawks and the Cowboys on Thursday night, 35-41 or something like that. <laughs> That's what most pe- uh, people consider good these days, but uh, a close game nonetheless. AFC battle. These two teams are obviously not, well, not obviously. Texans now, of course, because the Jacks kind of blew it. These two teams were only really fighting for wildcard considerations, and it was going to come between them. I know uh, their records are fairly close, so if it does come down between it, obviously the Texans hold the tiebreaker now. Yeah. CJ Stroud's looking good. Um, I know that he lost Tank Dell for the season, but Nico Collins, who was on my bench, who I, because (laughs) I knew Tank Dell was, was, you know, kind of hurting, I, uh, was going to play him, but just totally spaced. I remembered about like, what was it? 11. I think I told you I'm eating yeah, breakfast. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Oh shoot. My fantasy team. Crap. Oops. I forgot. Too late. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, that. they're looking good. They're looking good. And they're like you said, kind of in control of their own fate. As long as they keep winning, yeah, they can make sure that they, business. Yep. Uh, you know, I would assume right. I haven't looked at their schedule. We talked about uh, Jacksonville schedule at the end. They only play 
the Titans left in the division. I know the Texans have to play. I think we looked the other day, the Titans twice. So that might be two more wins for them right there. Put them at nine wins and actually get them into a wild card. And then again, depending on what Jacksonville does, maybe they win that division. God, I hope they do. That'd be great. Because as as a Titans fan, Jags are kind of annoying. We've had a little bit of a rivalry the last like five to six years. So it'd be mm. nice to see them blow it and Houston ultimately <laughs> win the South. Duval. <laughs> you don't like that? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I just don't like the team. They're kind of annoying. <laughs> not so much play. now but the previous version with ramsey and derrick henry and them kind of going back very back. true yeah i can see that yeah jalen ramsey is kind of uh like just the person Denver. everywhere it seems right <laughs> yeah. yeah true very true that's a great comparison <laughs> except honestly jalen ramsey's a lot better like on a scale yes, of like talent wise the to... annoyance level yeah yes <clears throat> the game that i was referring to previously with brock purdy was thought to be probably the game of the weekend one that i thought should be at least on a sunday night Kind of glad it wasn't. Yeah. Philly yeah. hosting the Niners. Again, rematch of the NFC title game last year. It did not go how it went last year, though. I know Debo mm-hmm. said the one thing that we needed was a healthy Brock Purdy, and he was healthy the whole game. Threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. I did say in the episode from Friday, if anything, he's going to be able to carve him up. If they can't get to him, if the line can hold, if he has time to throw, we're not going to have a great running game. I'm pretty sure Christian, I mean, Christian McCaffrey scored, but he almost always scores. Uh, but I don't think he went over 100 yards. So nope, he they, did, they did stop him there, but got carved up by Brock. That's, that's going to be a huge area of weakness. And in today's NFL, where, again, when it comes down to it, it's what can your quarterback do? Having a poorly rated secondary, I mean, in the bottom 10 of the league is not very good for your playoff hopes. No. Again, unless your line is just insane at getting to the quarterback, it doesn't really matter. And unless they're there in a second, somebody's going to be open because Philly can't cover. Yeah, not at all. And we talked about it too. Where, you know, if if Brock Purdy is is healthy and they have all the weapons and Trent uh, Williams on the left side over there too, taking care of the left tackle position, it's hard to stop the Niners. And once they get going, it's really hard to slow them down. And the fact that you know, they get an early lead like that, then, I mean, it wasn't a big lead, but they had a lead early at half, especially that defense then is like even more like we're going to rush and we're going to come at you because we know we have the the lead and we can play a little more dangerously and, and kind of live with the consequences. But Philly never really got much going. I think the thing I saw was the Niners scored on a touchdown, six straight possessions. Like they just up and down the field. Like you said, Brock Purdy car- carving him up also with Debo doing all kinds of you know, behind return uh, back in the backfield as a running back sometimes and just reverses they do and, and the way they deploy their offense. It's just, it's impossible. And like you said, that back end of the, of the Eagles defense is not very good. And the front bad didn't play well at all either. So it's just a bad, not well enough. Yeah. Well, and we met, I mentioned to you on there on Friday too, Philly had won four in a row, but they had trailed at all four games at halftime. And mm-hmm. if you were going to trail, but to the Niners at halftime, you were not going to win not that good game. start. No I just thought they might be able to kind of turn it around. They might have come. I was thinking they would have that same idea as you. Like, damn, we've been trailing at halftime. We can't do that to the Niners. Let's make sure we come out strong. Apparently, no. They were just going to go with, uh, we'll come back in the second half. And obviously, not something you can do against this team. But we saw this Debo, morning that they added Shaq Leonard, too. So the Eagles are trying to get more defense on that side. Oh, he f- decided there? Okay. He went gotcha. to Philly this morning. So, Well, they need secondary help, not linebacker help. So Yeah. Call somebody else, man. No offense to you, Shaq. I'm sure you're going to do fantastic. But you need more help than that, guys. You need coverage help. You're going to get, dude, they're going to get carved up in the NFC. Yep. 
Like we don't even have all the best teams, but playing even the Lions. Yeah, they are really offensively strong, and if you can't, yeah, keep up with them, or you and they and their thing is definitely throwing. That like Goff's whole thing is getting it down the field. So if you guys can't cover that, it's really going to be a long day against them as well. For if you're the Eagles, we're probably going to talk about it on Thursday's episode. But I'm super curious how well the Eagles do in Dallas this weekend. If Dak can carve them up too, that's another NFC contender that is proving to be a check. Already lost to the Niners. They've already lost, maybe, right, to the to the Cowboys. Who's the other loss that they had um, before? I think that was one of those trip-up ones where it was like, that. Yeah, oh, was it a fluke loss? Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, they, then, they can get carved up. If they lose to the Cowboys, not only do they put themselves not even possibly having the number one seed anymore, but then they put themselves, like, maybe the Cowboys can sneak up and win the division from them at the end of the season, too. So it's a big mm-hmm. game. They're only speak. one game back right now, dude. Oh, well, then this game is even more important. I didn't realize it was mm-hmm. one. I thought it was two. So then, yeah, this nope. game is 10 and two, nine and three. Oh, man. And this is their second matchup, right? Uh, Yes, this is. Yeah, they lost the Philly one at home. OK, and they're in Dow yeah. at Dallas. Yikes, that's not good. Philly, yeah. Well, then again, Philly hasn't played well at home in the rain in the last couple of weeks. So maybe being indoors will help them a little bit. <laughs> Okay, so teams that teams that Philly would have to face possibly in the NFC that can, which is kind of weird to think this, the Falcons they're not going to get carved up by the Falcons. They're going to beat the Falcons because yeah. the Falcons run the ball. I mean, Desmond Ritter is no is no good. The Lions, the Niners, who they just lost to, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, who we'll see on Sunday. Right now they have the Vikings, which Kirk's out, but Dobbs is not terrible. Mm-hmm. The Rams, the Packers, who might be there. I mean. Jordan Love looked great against Rams Kansas City, good. who's a top top ten defense. We know what Matt Stafford could do. He's excellent and will definitely be able to pick apart that team. Now, who knows how much the they'll be able to stop them on the other end because obviously the Eagles offense is pretty insane too. Yeah. But the Eagles defense is going to be extremely susceptible come playoff time if they don't figure something out. I'm not a huge Eagles fan. I don't care that much, but bro. Yeah, but they can't I don't keep- know. They can't keep doing with the same thing with what they got. They got to try yeah. something different or do. I don't 100%. know. But there's not a lot of options out there at this point either. So I don't know. Is it the defensive coordinator? Is it because you know the Cardinals head coach is the one who was able to make those tiny tweaks in the, whether it be play calling or scheme in general, and something isn't I mean, changing? I mean, they acquired the arguably a top five, maybe if I'm not thinking correctly, safety in the league. Yeah, and they're not right. improving. If not, they've gotten worse. Yep, absolutely. You're right. I mean, I don't think it's Kevin Byers' fault. He's he was no, insane no. in Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And like you talked about, the coach left is a different coordinator. It's kind of like the Chiefs on offense without Eric Bieniemy. Like they're not quite the same. Is that what the missing thing is? Like we don't know. But that's pretty crazy. Possible. That's true. A lot of people were talking about how like they should have kept Tyreek Hill. No, they won the Super Bowl without Tyreek. Without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. They don't need Tyreek Hill, but they didn't win it without Eric Bieniemy. To your point. <clears throat> the crazy part. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I think the last thing from this game was a lot of people were talking about it, and you even mentioned it in the in your uh, rundown. Debo was talking shit before this game, mm-hmm. as he should, and he showed up in black Air Force Ones. He meant business. He was standing on his freaking business too, because <laughs> going for three touchdowns and almost two hundred yards or almost one hundred fifty yards, he uh, did work, bro. Did work. Yep. Another strong soon. I mean, if you talk it, you got to back it up, and he definitely did this week. Definitely did. Nobody's really talking in this one, but the Packers are starting to back up their pick of Jordan Love. 
Ugh. Jordan Love carved up the Chiefs, as I just mentioned, in somebody who I think might be able to carve up. And honestly, I think their defense might be able to stay with Philly a little bit. Packers are an interesting team if Jordan Love has a good game, to be honest, because I think their defense is underrated. Not great, but underrated. And if their offense is clicking, if Jordan Love can do well, I mean, they have some weapons. So this game yeah. did not go, obviously, the Chiefs' way. No. Packers kind of jumped out quickly, and Mahomes and company couldn't keep up. Again, is it the enemy? I don't know. Did you watch this? This was Sunday night, right? Yeah, this was last night. I did watch the second half of it. I think I got home and... Yeah, just a weird game. The again, the the Chiefs the last few weeks, especially, but most of the year have struggled. It seems like on offense and a lot. Of, it just seems like a slug every time they're out there compared to their usual free going and everything working correctly. Um, maybe they. I thought Andy Reid was the play caller. Yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> not only that, then Mahomes throws that weird interception late. Like it's like him and the receivers aren't on the same page a lot of times of what they're doing. Which you know, a lot of these guys are young and haven't been there a long time, so it makes sense, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. The, the the Packers look good. There's a couple of those throws that Jordan Love made. They showed the replay later. He's like literally not on the ground. He's like that already kind of jumped off the ground at a weird angle and throwing the ball. I mean, but it's working. So then they showed a couple clips of like a clip side by side by side of Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Love, and they all kind of had a very similar looking. It's it's weird. We talked about it earlier in the year when he started struggling. Maybe the Packers actually will not have a good quarterback in our lifetime because we haven't seen him without one, but. Don't run so him off too soon. Maybe he's starting to figure some things out, and maybe we're going to be wrong. But yeah, I don't know. It is weird. They did show some stats. I think the first eleven games of his career as a starter, him and Aaron Rodgers have almost like identical numbers across the board: yards, interceptions, touchdowns, win record. Like it's kind of bizarre. So maybe uh, yeah, I'm trying to find that right now. Actually, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I saw that exact comparison that you're talking about, and I thought I had taken a screenshot of it, but I can't seem to locate it. So. I will move on. But <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like literally, I think the only thing that's different is Jordan Love has one more interception. Other nope. than that, same like record, same passing percentage, same touchdowns. Again, I think yards one are more interception. Or 100 or something. Yeah, like almost. Like, I think they're the same, dude. That's the crazy part. For the first, like, I think it was like 20, 20 games or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't even that much, but they look, he looks pretty good. And good for him. Uh, again, opposite way for the Chiefs. The defense is trying to keep him in games, but. There's only so much you could do when Patrick Mahomes can barely move the ball. I, I don't know. It's weird to watch because I've never seen this in, in the Chiefs. It had to happen eventually, I guess, right? I just really didn't think it was all on Enemy. But surprisingly, maybe maybe good for Enemy that, he, you know, a lot of people are looking around saying like, ha, see? He's like, see, I was doing something over there. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then he is in Washington. And, you know, we talked about, I think, two weeks ago, you mentioned how at the time Sam Howell was like, the best He's leading the league. Percentage, league yards. And it's like, okay, so most yards, most attempts, most completions yeah. going on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a big part of that. Now, the enemy, hopefully we'll get a real uh, head coaching job next off season with the fact that that's the case. Hopefully we'll see, but it is interesting. Now. I think he should just be, pro- okay. he should just be promoted. He should fire Ron Rivera. Ooh, that's not he should pr- be promoted. Yeah. Magic Johnson and those guys on the team. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll just do that. That's not bad. Then, idea. What they could do, because as, as we were talking about, there's a petition to change the name back to Redskins. Um, they'll rebrand right back to the Redskins. They'll have a brand new head coach who's arguably one of the best offensive minds that we've seen if if what our eye test is telling us is correct and the fact that the Chiefs don't look the same without him, but mm-hmm. almost an identical receiving core and regular offense you know, in general. Um, that's be good. Be a nice new fresh start. Again, new ownership group, back to new team name, 
new old team name, uh, <laughs> new head coach, but not too new, you know, still from in the building. So he's very familiar with the guys and the, you know, I don't know. I think it'd be, I think it'd be perfect. And that's no offense to Ron Rivera. I just think it's um, time. Maybe, you know. Yeah. It's come and gone. He's, he's had his run. He's had a couple uh, different stops. I, uh, Carolina in here, but you know, eventually you kind of get to the point where they're not listening anymore. You need a new voice in the, in the locker room. And, you know, Rivera's, I think, battled cancer at least once, if not yeah. twice. No, beat it. No, no, no. Beat it. Let's give him props. He oh, no, I know. He I rang the bell. I don't remember if it was once or twice or not. Because I, oh, I think okay. maybe I his just wife and daughter also had it at one point. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's just been through a lot. And at this point, I mean, you've kind of done it all. You coached in the Super Bowl. You didn't win it, but you've been there. Uh, maybe go back to being a coordinator or, or a little less. Or retire. Yeah, or retire. I mean, just go enjoy but the problem is bro. these guys are so football lifers, it's hard to get them to retire, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. Be a freaking uh, advisor for the for the Washington team. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. Or anybody, whoever wants to hire you at that point. True. Consultant role. Love it. Yeah. Leaving the games, but sticking with the game. We got some news and notes of the NFL. A couple things before we get to the big football stuff in college. There was uh, – <clears throat> we'll just kind of run through a couple of them. Weird altercation in that. Uh, Chiefs, not Chiefs. <laughs> I saw the Chiefs up here in the Niners Eagles game. There was a there was oh, a moment yeah. where a play ended on the sideline, and Greenlaw from the Niners kind of come over. There's some some weird altercation, and an Eagle security personnel play a person was kind of in the midst of it. It's kind of felt I think that he was pushed when Greenlaw was probably in the right and saying like, "What the heck is this guy even doing here?" Yeah. Um, and then he kind of pushed Greenlaw back. They were both kicked out. Is but, not really equal. <laughs> but where's the fairness in that? That guy plays in the actual game. This guy just stands on the sidelines for security purposes. Yeah. There's I don't understand. I well, don't even think either of them should have been kicked out. I don't no. even think it was that big of a deal. Bro, there was just a couple pushes here that there was no altercation really. Yeah. I would have I would have thought worst case you throw a penalty. Penalty flag, bro. Whatever. Like, okay. On and both. 15 yard penalty, 15 yard penalty, penalty offset, and then we yeah, fucking yeah. move on. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the the you're talking about how they were pushing or whatever. I know there's the video of Greenlaw kind of reached out and almost kind of touched the guy's face, but he wasn't like punching him or it was just kind no, of was like, like that. Like, away from me. Like, what are you doing, uh-huh. bro? Like, what's what, what are you doing? You're not. Who a part are of the you? Team. Yeah. So that was a little exactly. strange. Uh, I'm assuming the NFL will reach out and probably change some, you know, rules of security guys on the sideline and stuff moving forward. But as long yeah, as like back the hell up. Or, yeah, I know. I don't know why he's. Why is he right on the field? <laughs> you should be behind the bench, making sure nobody gets to the bench to affect the players, not on the field yeah. area. Like, Don't watch the doing? game. Yeah. yeah, look up at the scoreboard. Very strange. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it a few more days. And like I said, they'll probably change some the ways they do things on the sideline moving forward for teams. But eh, nobody's hurt. Nobody got out of control. It's all good. Just weird. <laughs> While the players want to win, I as a fan want them to lose because I want a higher draft pick, even if it's not to get a quarterback. I want the Cardinals to get Kyler Murray some help and maybe getting some Marvin Harrison or any of the other top receivers. There's a ton. This draft is deep. There's a ton of talent in this draft that I want to get. But the same Cardinal game that we came out on top on, Kenny Pickett for the Steelers got hurt, hurt his ankle. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing because he's not that good. I'm kind of super curious how well this offense does next week with Trubisky. Trubisky. Yeah, because – Pick is going to be out for a couple of weeks. I don't know what kind of ankle injury it was. I I don't know if you saw how specific, but basically I've heard ankle out a few weeks. So I don't think it's maybe a high ankle sprain, maybe just a small sprain. 
I'm curious to see what they look like with Trubisky under center, especially yeah. with the new offensive coordinator, because they've already won and they had the first 400 yard game, uh, you know, in what was it? 50, 58 games. I think I said yeah, 56, some crazy games. Me. <laughs> so basically like four seasons that they haven't had 400 yards on offense and they had it finally. I'm curious to see how they look like next week, but yeah, I was out to them. They got the yes. win. Like a uh, car's got the win. Uh, Pickett getting hurt. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see what Trubisky does and how they move forward. But also just losing the game to the Cardinals, regardless of who was in quarterback. If you're the bad for their standing home game. Now we did talk about in the rundown how there was two weather delays, so that could have kind of they should be used to it. It's the Cardinals that play in the desert. That's a good point. That's a very good point. indoors. Although I don't know, <laughs> it's just it's just a weird game in general. But the Cardinals, like you said, if you're you want to lose and get better weapons for Curry or for Murray, but at the same time, like, <laughs> Murray hasn't been in there long enough and been and hasn't played for a year. He just wants to play and go out there and do the best he can and try to show that he's still a winning quarterback. So you're kind of stuck. Yeah, in a so that spot. way we don't pick a quarterback, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of lose lose basically. Because yeah. I honestly like him. I just wish he was a foot taller. That's it. Not even a foot. Maybe five six inches would be fine. Yeah, true, true. I, he just literally cannot see over the line. He can't. I don't blame him. They're huge. Yeah, well, then yeah. you have to move them out of the pocket and move them in other spots. Yeah, but that's, a, that's not the best. I don't know. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work all the way. So, yeah, it is what it is. Moving on. Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Super good. underrated, bro. I think people don't give him enough credit. Ten straight seasons, all ten seasons that he's been in the league, a thousand yards or more, obviously. Good. Already has it week 13 with three 12 games. Um. I don't know. It doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. I can't even name all the quarterbacks that he's had. The only good oh. ones that I had, I, that I didn't know. Now, I'll give him this. Jameis was not a bad quarterback for receivers. Correct. Jameis was a bad quarterback for teams. He could throw the freaking ball like crazy. Yeah, what did he have? 50 touchdowns and 50 interceptions or 40 and I don't think it was a 50, but yeah, I think it was. Yeah, right. It was the same amount. It was oh. the same amount of uh, touchdowns and interceptions. So, um, so yeah, so he's, he's good. But besides Jameis and Tom for like, two years i mean he's just been kind of passed yes. around and jamie's been hurt here and there and now he's got baker who's like good but is he good we don't know uh either way he is consistent 10 straight seasons of a thousand yards pretty impressive no yeah absolutely i mean he's got a super bowl ring when the brady was there and they won they you know they hadn't won much before he got there but like you said him as an individual has been solid um maybe he even gets his number retired in tampa when it's all said and done i mean I think so. I think think he's got more than 10,000 receiving yards in his career. He's got a Super Bowl. He's been in one team for that long and and probably going to He's got obviously a couple pro bowlers, obviously. I don't know how many. He hasn't left by now. I would assume he might not unless it's a, you know, one last year somewhere else as a title run maybe, but like a Von Like a Julio Jones kind of hopping around like at the end maybe. So, but yeah, no, I mean – you're right. You do kind of forget about him being in Tampa and kind of lost with those years before Tom and that they weren't really competing. But yeah, Mike Evans. I, didn't he go to school with uh, Manziel at Texas A&M? I feel like. Did he? Is that where he went? To be honest with you, I don't know. I'll I go mean, look right now. I kind of feel like there was some highlights of him uh, and Manziel back in the day. For that's just like the first thought that comes to my head. So I'm sure you're double checking. <laughs> yep, I'll check it out. He did go to Texas A&M. Okay. Was he there? And what was that? From 2011 oh. to 2013. Yeah. Sure that sounds that. like it. Yeah, I, think, I think that would have been Manziel time. Manziel was at Texas A&M from 2011 to 2013. <laughs> yeah, they played together for three years. Okay, got it. Literally Perfect. the exact time together. Yep. All right. 
makes sense. Like I said, nice I call. knew I knew his name from before he got to the NFL, but he definitely has gotten forgotten about down in Tampa Bay with the. Mm-hmm. So he liked to have fun too, huh? <laughs> I wonder if he watches game film. No, he does. No, he I'm if he's sure getting he ten th- if he's getting a thousand yards every year for ten years, he's definitely with those quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Keeping it with quarterbacks, the Jets can't seem to find one. Oh my god! Well, they have one, but now that they benched him and made him third string, he don't want to play anymore. I was just going to ask if you heard. I don't know. Today. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. Like, well, how do you move forward? I don't, honestly, no. I don't even. I'm confused on who to side with because I kind of get Zach Wilson's point. To be honest with you, like. Part of me kind of gets it. It's like, you know what? I'm not, I understand I'm not perfect. But you can't just keep saying, okay, try. Oh, actually, no, let's try this guy. Uh, no, actually, you're good. Oh, he got hurt. Uh, okay, well, now let's, dead. Either bench me or play me. I, I'm also, not, this isn't, I don't know. Yeah, but also, like, you get paid, bro, to sit and be on this team. And when we need yeah. you, we need you. Like, if, if you True. ultimately still want to be a quarterback in this league, not just on this team, but anywhere else in the future, like Play. you have to, every time you have the opportunity to be on the field, you need to take that opportunity. And whether the Jets believe in you or not doesn't really matter at this point, because if you believe in yourself and you can go out there and show that you can still play, maybe somebody else will take you next year and you'll have an opportunity somewhere else and, and a fresh start, not in New York, not with the New York media and everything else that he's had to deal with. But I'm also with you, like at the same time, like, Bro, you just keep throwing me back here. Like you put me a third string. Now we're down to just me because everyone else is hurt. Aaron Rodgers might come back, but more than likely not. It's just it's a lot of drama and BS yeah. that it's been a lot. You do have a very valid point though. But yeah, at the end of the day, you're a professional man. They're playing you, they're paying you millions of dollars. They picked you number two overall. Whether they wanted you to play last week or they want you to play this week now instead, it doesn't really matter because you're under contract, man. Just get out there. And if even if you don't play well, there's nobody else really to put out there anyway. So just go out there and play the game. Whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. You're going to get paid, and at the end of the year, you'll probably be gone, and you won't have to worry about the New York media yep anymore. He can leave. His contract's weird. He's technically under contract till next year as well. Oh, my God. They're only paying him $940,000. He has a – well, as far as his oh, – no, that's his uh, his salary. He has all of it's in bonuses, bonuses. and stuff. Yeah, so. he got drafted. So. And roster bonuses and stuff. So, But, yeah, I mean, $20 million cap hit, only $11 million cap hit next year. Shoot, maybe they don't. Even if you wanted mm. to trade him, I don't know if somebody would even take him. And if they did, you'd get, what, a fifth, sixth rounder if you're lucky? Fifth, it. yeah. So he's, he's, he's not – yeah, no. Who needs him? Jets need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I need somebody who actually wants to play for him, though. That's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. Sad. Tank Dale got hurt. I mentioned it um, when we were yeah. talking a little bit about the Texans because I you know, should have played Nico Collins, and I definitely will going forward. How for the season, man? I feel bad for that guy. He has been doing work at it. It honestly came out of nowhere. Been doing well with CJ. So fractured fibula. Yeah, that's ouch. That's definitely a good, you know, goodbye until next year thing. Uh, I didn't. I think I read or heard this somewhere that C.J. Stroud kind of uh, was in his corner for the team to draft him, and kind of like, hey, you should draft this guy. Like, I don't know if they had a connection somewhere before. Yes. Okay. So, you know, the fact that they were there and doing so well together, and now after having such a good year as a rookie, he's out for the rest of the season because of a because of a you know fibula thing that just kind of. Ha- I mean, the it's a gladiator sport, man. This stuff happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm. I don't. I know we talked about it last night when we were hanging out. Did you see the video of that referee on the sideline? No. Yesterday? Oh, yeah, I don't. Don't go back. It's. Yeah. It's just. I mean, that's a guy on a sideline not playing, and he had that happen to him. So these guys on the field and what happens to them while they're out there is, is crazy. And I feel bad for Tank Dell because he's had such a good year, and the Texans are on such a high. But 
Yes. And hopefully they can uh, kind of rally around that and, and keep it going yeah. and see what they can And hopefully do. he comes back next year strong. Gosh, I hope so. Someone who's not doing strong or new, <laughs> putting on a strong performance right now, Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah, Hosting, bad. who was it? The Lions this week, right? Yep. <laughs> not good. Not good, man. When it's, he it's... comes in, ta- uh, Taysom Hill is 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 uh is in he's like like uh cory was talking about being the swiss army knife he comes in for him and is immediately booed by saints fans i wait, wait as an who, who, who's booed Derek carr okay i thought you were talking about when hill came in so when when hill goes in everyone's like woo yes and then, and then, then when car comes in to replace and him swap and then they say boo yes correct That's yeah not good. Not good. uh yeah not good not good i i mean raiders fans would say told you so cuz they've seen this for well since they've drafted him but hey dude it's just it's not good he's now also in concussion protocol maybe they're cheering not for necessarily his injury but the fact that he is, may not play is what they're probably happy for they lose their seventh straight now dude oh our NFC South pick is so not going to happen. You know, the other thing that's, that's <sighs> not good about it though, like, man, the, the Saints do what, what happened down there? I thought, you know, I was feeling so good about them going in and Carr was kind of going to fix the problems they had. I but thought, Carr, you, dude, you talk about, they boo Carr when he comes in and they, you know, cheer for Taysom when he comes out. Now that Carr is hurt, they're not going to start Taysom though. They're going to start James Winston. So it's still yes. weird to me that they boo Derek Carr, even though they're never going to start Taysom Hill. They haven't started him the entire time he's been there, and they're not going to now. He's just going to be the Swiss Army guy where he does a couple plays passing, does a couple plays running. I saw him make a tackle on special teams, like on a kickoff. He He's just one of those guys who does a lot he's of a things. a football player. Yeah. yeah. So I don't understand why booing Derek Carr. Like, I understand he's not playing well or whatever, but again, why Taysom they put Hill's James not going to be the all, every down quarterback either. So yeah. I don't get the point. Jameis, Jameis, Jameis should be in. Jameis should have been in once they. I mean, seven straight. Maybe after four or five straight, you start Jameis instead, dude. Like, there's. I understand that you went and acquired this guy. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that you had Jameis and you went and acquired somebody else because you didn't want to play Jameis. But once you figure out that this guy ain't working either, now, granted, maybe they'll say the earliest parts were were they were without Alvin Kamara, but it's recently that they've been losing. It's seven straight losses from now, so that was like week six on. I don't know. It doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. No, no, it does not. <laughs> Which is crazy. Hey, we were talking about speaking of this terrible division. Finally, after this week, week thirteen, the one and now eleven Carolina Panthers have officially been eliminated from playoff oh. contention. Yes, you heard that correctly. When they were one and ten last week, they were still viable if they won out and had some, you know, division people lose. They would still could have hosted a playoff game after starting one and ten. You know what? They're officially limited from playoff contention. The worst part about it, though, even though they're one eleven and eliminated, they're only five games out of the division title because that's how bad the division is at six and six lead. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. If you're one and eleven. You should be at least eight to ten games behind your division leader normally. Yes. <laughs> Not the NFC South this year. Ugh! Ouch. Moving to the AFC East, Tyreek Hill. Doing Tyreek Hill things. Man, you mentioned in your rundown two huge touchdowns dropping from Tua. I did some math. All right. Math's mathing. Okay. <laughs> if he can average, now granted, this is a lot, but I'm asking for it. He's most likely going to break the single season record, barring health, right, from everybody, including Tua. 
and they're playing for uh, the, you know that number one seed all the way through every game. So he's going to be playing all the way, not like they're a huge yes, lead and no they're going to take a game or two off or anything. But if he can average 121 yards per game, which is a lot, I get it, over the next four games, he will beat Calvin Johnson's single-season yards record in the 16 games that Calvin Johnson set it in. Nice. And that's why I say four games and move it to the 121 because I feel like not me, but people and me a tad bit because it, it, it's true. You can't you can't get over the fact that he has more, but he played an extra game. You yeah, can't ignore that. Right. So um, I, I want him to break it. Not that I have anything against Megatron. Hey, props, I, which we actually learned the other day. I don't know if any FYI random stat his teammate called him Megatron because he has gigantic hands, just like the Decepticon robot, apparently. And it's stuck from there. So for those of you who didn't know that, that was uh, why Megatron is Megatron, why Calvin Johnson you is ever Megatron. on Jeopardy and they ask you the question, you know the answer now. <laughs> yeah, it was Roy Williams, a fellow receiver for when he oh, was yeah, on the Lions. He was a cowboy at one yeah. point, right? No, that was the linebacker, or the DB. It was a different oh. one. But he played for the Cowboys at some point. Actually, oh, you know what? Maybe the receiver did go there too. But the Roy Williams, when I think of the Cowboys, is number thirty-one, the defensive back. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was think. I'm pretty sure uh, you're thinking the, of the receiver, receiver Roy Williams. Yeah. Also, okay. I do think he actually went there later too, because I think for some reason I remember them being two Roy Williams on the team. <laughs> Anyways, seventeen games would be okay. Obviously, I get it. It's cool. It'd be cool if he broke the record, right? But sixteen games would be better. That way, nobody could talk about it. Similar to how we mentioned with he was like way ahead of it. Deron Bland getting his fifth pick six in. What, like 10, 10 games or something like that. He's he's in the old NFL where they had 14 games, so he's he, he's yeah, locked true. out that record. And it'd be pretty cool if Tyreek Hill can, can set it in 16 instead of breaking it in 17. But Yeah, actually. Either way, I, I think mean, he should. He'll break it in 17 for sure. Like I said, they're going to be yeah. playing all the way to the end for a, a number one seed possibly in seeding, so that'll be a problem. But hopefully in the 16 would be nice. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. The, the only other thing that we got to talk about before we get out here is this so possible annoyed, outlawing of the tush push or brotherly shove or, or the love shove from last night as uh, Chris Collinsworth called it on Sunday night when they did it with Jordan love. Why? I don't get it. Just cause people can't stop it. We're going to, we're going to tell you can't do it anymore. It doesn't even make any sense to me. Dude. Like I'm so annoyed. I'm not even an Eagles fan. In fact, I, besides my friend art, I like loathe Philly in general. I'm not really Eagles fans per se, but they're just so like, well, I mean, the NFL players voted it too, so not to be rude, sorry. But there's something about them. Honestly, they know it, so it is what it is. Bro, there's a video, man, of that little freaking kid going up to the, what was it, Bills fan? And he goes to give him a high five, and right when the Bills fan goes to give him, he flips him off. Kid's like 11. Damn. Yeah, that's Eagles fans in a nutshell. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't even like them, and I think this is ridiculous. I think that it is insane to just outlaw something that one team happens to be good at there's no rules saying that no other teams can do it there's no like right? trademarking plays where you say like hey well we invented this play so you can't use it too no everyone uses the same plays basically right with little tweaks here and there yeah. and in different orders throughout the game that's pretty much it. it's all generally the same thing everyone can and does try to copy it but nobody can do it as well that's not their fault i you know i, I don't know what to say the last thing before i let you go the 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 offensive coordinator for the Eagles last year is now the head coach for the Colts. Well, you don't see the Colts running it successfully, so it's not like he could just transfer the knowledge or something. It yeah, just true. works. The line and Jalen Hurts and whatever it is, it just works. It is what it is. So 
I don't know. You can't just outlaw because they have a better player, you know? Yeah. That's like that's like what Madden did when turning off Michael Vick because he was better. Now that's a video (laughs) game, but it's the same principle. Like just because he's better doesn't mean you have I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous. I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's bullshit. Completely with you. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm with you. It's (laughs) stupid. I don't understand why like you said, if they're good at it and they can do it and you can't stop it, well then get better at learning how to stop it. And and like you know, you mentioned the coordinator went to Indianapolis. They're not running it, and they don't know how to do it. So it's not They're just not well at least do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, man. But again, NFL stands for no fun league. So here we are back and talking about this kind of stuff. Stupid Roger Goodell, get a freaking <laughs> real job. Go do something else with your day. Run a charity or something. My gosh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, right, now, leaving the NFL. Here's the big discussion yes. we have because. Obviously, yesterday it set the world ablaze with these rankings that came out, and the college football playoff top four is out, and there are some huge reasons to talk about it beyond the fact that Alabama got in and beat Georgia. Uh, the first one, obviously, is that Florida State's not in. Yeah, I want to quickly talk about the Georgia-Alabama game. Fantastic game. Told you. Yeah, but the right. biggest thing that I want to talk about is the freaking pregame show with who's the who's the kicker or the punter with the game with the with the Pat podcast McAfee. Pat McAfee on college game day did you see that clip I did <laughs> he okay. totally had him we're gonna play the clip we're gonna play the clip real quick let's watch this I, I then we can talk about it afterwards okay let's check this out it's Watson coming down the track it's me machine in the red and black Dude, he had me sold the whole time until he did it. And I picked Bama too. So I was like, dang, Pat McAfee, he's just going to do him. And then he just freaking pulled the rug right out from everybody there because obviously it was in Georgia, right? At Atlanta where the Falcons play. The whole freak, 90% of the people, there was, don't get me wrong, Alabama fans showed up, right? Of course, they oh, do, yeah. they travel well. But the whole place was lit with Georgia fans. And there was a lot, honestly, it felt kind of cool. I was like, dang, this was like leading the actual chant. And then he just fucking punched him right in the face and said, I'm going Bama. I was like, oh, dude, Man, that was that's so some good. old school Lee Corso style stuff back in the day when they first started doing it. We put the head oh, on yeah. the Yeah, so true, so true. Okay, okay. That was such a good game. Um, the Florida State-Louisville game, not so great. So I understand. I wish they would have won by more. But we'll get into it. So let's list the rankings, okay? As soon as Georgia lost, I knew exactly who one and two were going to be. It had to have been, Absolutely. obviously. It was the only two undefeated teams besides Florida State, and people were already wondering about Florida State. They gave it to uh, Michigan, of course, Big Ten. Duh, who wouldn't? And then Washington, number two. This is where it gets interesting. Because the Big 12 champion was handily Texas, 
and the SEC champion was not handily, but clearly Alabama. Yep. And the Big 12 champion beat the SEC champion head-to-head at the SEC champion's home. That's true, and in Tuscaloosa. They needed to have basically both. You can't put Bama in, or you can't put Georgia in and not Bama. If if you if they literally played each other and they lost, yeah. Similarly, you can't put Bama in and not Texas if they literally played each other and Bama lost. So you basically had to put them both in, and because obviously Texas won the head to head, they're the three, and Bama's the four, and obviously FSU gets left out. Prime was interviewed. Obviously, that's his alma mater. Mm-hmm. He has no problem with it and completely understands it. Yes, he does. And I, I do too, because we I talked do... about this last Ish. week before we, you know, we previewed these championship games over the weekend that Florida State's down to their third string quarterback and they're going against Louisville, who was a top 10 team going into the game. So you're like, okay, that's a, that's a decent squad. They beat Notre Dame earlier this year. Like, that's legit. I believe the quarterback for Florida State had like 50 yards passing in the game. So if you're the committee and you're looking at that, like you're struggling against Louisville, even if you're undefeated and we put you in at number four behind Texas because Texas handily took care of the big 12. You are going to get slaughtered by Michigan. Like it wouldn't even be a game. There'd be nothing to talk about. It would be worse than the Iowa matchup that Michigan just won 23 or 26 to nothing in the big 10 title game. So I get it from that standpoint. The other part that I didn't know yesterday, but I found out today listening to other people talk about this, you know how the next year we're going into 12 teams for the first time in the college football playoff. Well, Originally, that was supposed to actually happen and take effect this year, but one of the few schools or or leagues or conferences that didn't want that was Florida State and the ACC. So they kind of screwed themselves, if you think about it that way, because if there would have been 12, they'd be in it and there wouldn't even be this discussion. Now, they'd still be mad about being five instead of four or three, but you'd be in the in the tournament. You're not even in it now. And again, I get it. You're undefeated. You beat all your opponents, but it's... It, the committee takes into effect or into thought when they're going in there, not just your record, who you beat, how much you beat them by, how you won the game, what your roster looks like. Are you missing pieces? Like your quarterback who was a Heisman trophy candidate three weeks ago, not being there makes you a completely different team. And offensively, you could see it even against Louisville. Like Louisville's not that good on defense. You're going to go against Michigan or Washington or Texas. They are much, much better and going to make you suffer. And then, the committee's got to think about the ultimate best matchups and what is good for the bracket, not just, I guess, who the best team is by record, because if that were the case, they'd be in there. It's not the point. <laughs> I couldn't agree more for television, but that's all they're doing this for. Well, yeah, Why do we even play the games then? Why don't you just put Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State? Uh, why don't you just put all those schools in it? Why do we even play the games? Why don't we just Why don't we just put all the names in a hat and then you just feel like, oh, yeah, this this school has lots of history. Oh, they have Nick Saban. I think that player plays well sometimes. Ooh. What what else are they supposed to do? Never ever until this year has a Power 5 conference winner not made the college football playoffs when they're undefeated. Yep. Ever, ever. Okay? I get their quarterback was hurt, but their quarterback was hurt with just two weeks to play. So their whole team is still good. And check this out. What did they do in those two weeks? They went to the Swamp, to their rivals at Florida. And they won that game, I think, by almost 10. Then, in the ACC championship game, which, by the way, is technically closer to Louisville than it is to Florida, so more of a home game, I guess you could say, 
for Louisville, and they beat a ranked opponent in a championship game to remain undefeated. I understand the principle of it, and the only reason why this even happened is because TCU got their ass beat by Georgia in the championship game. The only reason why. If if TCU doesn't lose 70 to 4, then I know that wasn't the score. No, I know, but it was out of control. <laughs> but it was absurd. As soon as like as soon as that was set, I was like, I'm barely gonna watch the game. I started watching it and it got so out of hand so fast. That's the only reason why they're doing this. And again, it's for television. And I understand the principle of it. It would almost be pointless to put FSU there because they're gonna lose to Michigan. Sure, sure. Right. But if it's just a beauty pageant, then just call it a beauty pageant. Well, right. Let because me, let me real throw quick. this out there. I'll go ahead and let's, let me let me finish. Because because like for somebody gave an example, I forgot who it was that I was watching, like a figure skater, right? If we're just gonna do that, then so be it. You know, if you just have judges out there, because there's no real way to tell who the better figure skater is if they're all doing similar tricks in just different orders, right? And you're just like, well, I think that person did it better, and they, you know they landed cleaner, and so you write your little score. Well, then that, well, that's how we should just rate these then instead of actually playing the games. Because they won every single game that they've played. And it's not like they played the easiest schedule. They had the hard strength, an easier strength of schedule than the two games, than the two people above them. But that, so is it only because Clemson's bad this year? You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, they would yeah. have had to play Clemson if they beat them. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy because they, I just feel like, in my opinion, and maybe if it's head to head, then I would be proved wrong, right? Because we don't really see it that often. I just feel like they really do overinflate the SEC and Big Ten. I'm not saying they're not better more times than not, but I'm not. I'm just saying that, like, well, you know, they had an SEC schedule. Yeah, they played two ranked opponents. Well, they had an ACC schedule. Yeah, they played two ranked opponents. You see what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't, yeah. I don't understand like the thing. Just because they're in the SEC, all of a sudden it's better. None of them are ranked. Yeah. If they're so much better, then rank them. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like we're just splitting hairs here, and we're just like, well, because they, you know, because they didn't vote, and I didn't know that thing until you just brought it up. Because they didn't vote for it, and because they didn't. I'm not even saying you're saying that's a part of their. No, their yeah, I'm just, just saying, you know, it's kind of ironic. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they're still pretty good to me, but I, I guess they pr- they probably would have lost to Michigan. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's just not the point. I, I don't know. I don't know why we play the games then. Another thing I'm thinking as we're sitting here. And we're talking about this. What if, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Michigan thing with the cheating scandal or whatever that's been going on? Do you think oh, this they wanted is, to give him Alabama? <laughs> is this NCAA's way of basically saying, "All right, Jim, or whatever, you know, you you were going to play hardball and not take the suspension, and and then you eventually did, but make a big old fuss out of it or whatever." Maybe this is the NCAA's way. Of, you know what? We can't punish you as far as suspension or pay or anything. We're going to make you play Alabama, and we can get away with it because of the way things broke down, it's not the mm-hmm. craziest schedule or breakdown of the, of the top four you come up with. No, now, no, this Alabama, is a D I get, I understand this ranking. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And also, I mean, you're still representing four of the big five conferences. There's not two sec teams. Now, if there was two sec teams in there over the Florida state undefeated, that would make it even worse. Yes. But they did take one of them out. And again, maybe the Michigan Alabama thing is, is one of those parts. They're like, you know what? You wanted to get away with whatever you did and not, you know, deal with us. Here's Nick Saban in Alabama, and they have you know three weeks or four weeks or whatever it is before the game to prepare, get ready, and know you. And I mean, Saban, if anybody isn't going to be the one coach that's not going to let anybody steal any kind of signals from him, sideline in any way, form, or fashion. So hmm. it'll be interesting I, to see. And ultimately, I think whoever wins the Michigan Alabama game probably going to win the whole thing, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, right now, the Michigan game is Michigan's favorite by one and a half. It's playing at the Rose Bowl. Honestly, dude, I wish I was rich. I would try to find tickets oh, to that game. It's that's so sick. That would have been so cool if it was Michigan and Washington in the Rose Bowl because it's always the Big Ten and Big Pac-12 Ten Pac-12 represented there. Mm-hmm. But oh well, at least the Big Ten's there. Yeah, true. Not at our in our stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Washington uh, is four and a half point underdogs to Texas at the Sugar Bowl is that where they're sense. playing. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think Washington is as bad as people are giving them, but I guess we'll see. Maybe we'll see how bad the Pac-12 really is once. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I feel like Texas, they lost to what, Oklahoma this year, so mm-hmm. they have a loss against a, a you know a decent squad. And uh, Yeah, the only thing is that's their rival, though. You know, it's like their red. That's like the biggest game Oklahoma yeah, gets up for. They put, and I watched that game. It was an epic, epic game. They literally won at the last second. The end, right? Yeah, they literally won at the last second. So, I mean, you know, it's a loss is a loss. Let me not, you know. Oh, and yeah. they went to Alabama like we talked about, but I don't know. But yeah, one of them wins, hundred percent. Okay, 100%. so if you're looking at Michigan, Alabama, who you got? Are we waiting to see how? I mean, we got a long way before this game plays. Maybe we should wait until we get there and see what happens and what other yeah. suspensions or crazy things come up. Well, I'm rooting for Michigan. <laughs> I'm rooting for Michigan to win it all. I'm rooting for a oh, Michigan yeah, Washington um, finals. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that way, that way, one team that I want wins. Because if if Alabama goes, I'll be rooting. Oh, dude, if it's Alabama Texas, which is what it yeah. most likely seems like it's going to be, I'm not going to root for either team. I can't. I'm not a Longhorns fan. Actually, no, I'll root for Alabama because I'm not a Longhorn fan. Horns down. <laughs> Horns down. There was more bowl games though. A um, couple notable ones, but the ones I really want to talk about, were the ones that we really want to talk about, are the final Pac-12. Yeah, a Repres- lot of them. representatives and bowl games. Yeah, we we do have a lot. Of them. Well, we had a decent we had a decent uh, squad this year. Some favored, some you know not so favored. A lot of underdogs that we have here. But I'm curious to see how we go. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven wow. bowl games that we're in. Besides uh, the Sugar Bowl, which Washington. So I'm not I'm not including the Washington College Football Playoff. We're in seven other ones. So eight of the twelve made wow. a bowl game of some sort. Not bad, right? That's really good, considering we didn't even know what the conference was going to look like beyond, you know, Washington, Oregon, USC going into the season to start. Um, you know, SC didn't end up in the top twenty-five or Utah or uh, UCLA anymore at this point. The way they kind of ended uh, sourly, uh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, seven bowl games. I mean, I know you have to win six games to be bowl eligible, but that's still that's a lot of wins for. I mean, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona, Utah, Cal, even like. A lot of wins for some schools that you probably wouldn't have normally thought would be six and five. Just and also just means, unfortunately, is the best season or most competitive Pac-12 conference play we've had in forever. Yeah, wow, is now the last because gone forever. <laughs> I think we were talking about. We didn't do this on the episode the other day. We talked about when we were off air uh, with uh, on another podcast or like a session. And I don't. Oregon State and Washington State are doing this weird thing with a with the Mountain West and. Oh yeah, they're, they're paying the Mountain West Mountain like fourteen million dollars between the two of them, so they can play six games against Mountain West opponents, but they're not going to be in the Mountain West and count for the standings of the Mountain West. It's, like, it's just such a bizarre situation. To they need someone to play, man. You yeah, know? I know. They're trying to figure something out. Why not just be like Notre Dame at that point, and just randomly pick opponents and kind of choose your schedule at that way instead of making it. If you're not in the conference, what's the point of playing a bunch of teams from the same conference? This is Notre. No, they don't have. They don't have the freaking. They don't have the. Notre Dame. They're, that's Notre Dame. That's you true. know what I mean? That's true. Nobody's calling them. Oh, 
Yeah, we'll play you Oregon State. We we'd love <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, wa the Cougs. Yeah. Wa Wazoo. Yeah, no. Notre well, Dame's coming. On top yes. of that, Oregon State's quarterback is transferring in the portal, so I guess they won't even be him. necessarily the same next game. He needs to be in a place where they actually play in a conference. I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's run through them quickly. Okay. UCLA, two and a half point favorites against Boise State in the LA Bowl. What, Louisiana or Los Angeles? What, SoFi Stadium, the LA Bowl. Oh, LA Bowl. Nice. Sweet. Our LA. Nice. Hey, home team, home game. Yeah, Cal, three and a half point underdogs against Texas Tech Independence Bowl. Yeah, I don't know much about Texas Tech or Cal. I just know Cal beat UCLA at the end, and everyone said that that was the, one of the worst losses they had all year. So Cal can't be that huh. good, I guess. <laughs> well, three and a half point dogs. I don't blame them. Utah, nine and a half point favorites against Northwestern in Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, they should definitely take care of that. Northwestern's good and has been competitive the last couple of years, but I think Utah is much, much more solid and will be ready yes. to go. They have three, four year guys that have been there and they build that program long term. So they'll, they'll be fine. They'll probably take care of business easily. 100%. I think they cover 10. I say so. Northwestern's a bunch of smart people. Yeah, probably not. They probably cover that 10 points. Yeah. SC six and a half point dogs against Louisville team that just lost to Florida State, huh? They are not going to win. There's no way. No. The Holiday Bowl is Caleb is gonna, is Caleb going to play? Nope. I already announced today he's out. He's not going to play in the game. So they're going with their yeah, backup bum. quarterback more. I believe the young kids. Name. I'm going to hold out. Watch me. I'm going to hold. I'll stay at USC forever. <laughs> Shut up. Can't even. Doesn't want to play in the bowl game. Get out of here. Could, could what be a, a bear. bunch of crap. Be a bear. Good luck. <laughs> Arizona, one-and-a-half-point favorites against Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, go Oklahoma Wildcats. beat Texas this year. Yeah, but Arizona... But Arizona have been good. They've had a good rough uh, run here at the end, especially the last few weeks. They almost beat SC at SC, and then they kind of made it a little more of a, a, a better season for them than I think anybody really anticipated, even themselves. So they're in a bowl game. They're one-and-a-half-point one favorites over Oklahoma, and who you said beat Texas. But other than that, they don't really get up for most games, not like no. they used to be as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, Arizona could definitely win this game. It'll, it's a toss up though. I mean, one and a half point favorites, not much of a favorite. No, that's basically <laughs> a yeah, 50, 50 game. Yeah. Biggest one, Oregon state, 10 and a half point dogs. And understandably. So I don't even know how they got this playing Notre Dame in the sun bowl, Tony, the tiger sun bowl. Yeah. This is going to be bad for Oregon state. Yeah, Notre Dame lose. is much better. And I don't know if the quarterback who I think USC beat Oregon bowl. state, right? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, and and Notre Dame beat the crap out of USC. Yeah, but I'm also thinking if Oregon State's quarterbacks are in the portal, I'm assuming that means he's not going to play in the bowl game. So oh, very even, true, very true. Worse for Oregon State at that point. Yep, very true. Oh, and then Oregon uh, gets to wrap it up against Liberty as 14 and a half point favorites in the Fiesta undefeated Bowl. Liberty. Okay, but come on, it's going to get <laughs> worked by Oregon. That's going to be so sad. Undefeated Liberty. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. They play in a different conference, a different world over there. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Yeah, the Athletic Coast. No, no, that's ACC. What is I was, it? I don't even what know what playing? conference they're in, to be honest. Damn, that's no crazy. Clue. That's how bad it is. Oh, SC didn't even play Oregon State this year. Wait, what happened? Or SC didn't even play Oregon State this oh, year. Oh, they didn't? I thought they did for some reason. I don't know why. I guess nah, I've just been yeah, saying weird things happened in Corvallis the last couple months. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, no, we've been talking about Oregon State, but they haven't played SC, apparently. Yeah, uh, other couple couple uh, notable bowl games. Um, this is basically why they left Florida State off. Georgia, 14-point favorites against Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Mizzou, six-and-a-half-point dogs against Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. So happy Ohio State did not make the playoffs. Thank you, committee. 
See you next year. Ohio State will take care of Missouri very easily, and I anticipate Georgia because of how good their defense usually is and going up against a third-string quarterback for Florida State as a freshman. If Florida State wins this game, then they got some more shit to talk and say that they deserve to be in the college football playoff. But if they ultimately get worked by Georgia, then everyone's we going to be like, they were this all right. is exactly why you're not in the top four to play Michigan. Which I get it in principle. I get yeah. that, well, it's not going to be good. But still, in my opinion, they're undefeated. What, what, Mike, yeah. what do you want? All right, I'll get you. <laughs> all right, let's get off the field. Let's get inside. It's kind of cold anyways. Well... <laughs> We're kind of lame over here in SoCal because anything's cold to us. But yeah, true, good point. Taking it to the taking it to the hardwood. About the quarter mark of the NBA season, Damn, about twenty bad. games done for most teams, and uh, a couple things we have a couple questions that we want to kind of ask. Uh, but before we do, we're going to go through the early MVP rankings. This is according to Basketball Reference. I do have some uh, of the betting numbers up as well. Kind of show you a little bit of the order according to FanDuel. Number one is Nikola Jokic because, how duh. can he not be? He's leading yeah. the league, I think, in points, assists, and rebounds individual, not like per game, but just the number of them. So yeah, it's kind of hard to argue him being the top uh, at the top right now. The Nuggets are really good. They are basically the same team as last year. All they lost was Bruce Brown, I believe, and and Jeff Green and. Mm-hmm. They haven't really missed a beat. I know Murray was out for a few weeks, and they still were winning games. They're right back at the top of the conference or near the top of the conference with a few other teams. Hard yep. to argue with Jokic, and at this rate, I can't argue that he would not win his third straight. Or, well, third in four years, I mean. Yeah. Christian Braun, Christian Brown also has kind of stepped up in Bruce Brown's absence, to be honest with you. It was a great draft pick that guy's had. Uh, Have you seen been. his, like, trajectory? Like, as a kid in high school, I think he won a state title a year or two in a row. Then he went to Kentucky, right? And won a Kansas, uh, Kansas. Okay, won a title there. Then went yep. to the Nuggets, and within two years, he won a title. And here he is being an yep. everyday role player. Like he is a really, really good, yeah, really good, He's solid, player. like one of the yeah, best players definitely. that nobody's really talking about. Probably, I agree. I agree. We'll run through these next quickly because you no, know, Jokic is kind of you know running yeah, away with away it. At this point. The, yeah, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis, Tyrese Halliburton, Giannis, oh, wow. Luca, Tatum, Maxi, Durant. And rounding out the top 10 is Anthony Davis. Now, this is according to basketball reference. The, the FanDuel stats are not necessarily the same. So if you look at betting, it's not necessarily the same. This is kind of like a tweet that we saw, again, according to basketball reference. Yeah. Which one, uh, of, these t- which one of these 10 you've taken? Not necessarily if you had to bet, but like if you, in your opinion, should be an MVP. Besides Jokic. Let's take yeah, Jokic off. Say, okay, we're taking Jokic, Jokic off the table, yeah. Um, I have to say I'm kind of shocked Tyrese Halliburton is number four on their list. That's a that's a really high jump for him. Uh, but the yeah. other ones that stick out that I'm I'm totally okay with is SGA. Uh, Oklahoma City's right near the top of the Western Conference, and they've been building this thing for a few years there with a lot of these young guys. And now that Chet Holmgren, you know, didn't play last year, but a year to learn and watch film and and kind of put on some extra weight and muscle, and and, and looks like a possible rookie of the year. And Lou Dort, and they just they have a bunch of guys that have been there together for a few years, and they really built it really well. I think. SGA should be right at the top of the list. The other one is Luca. I feel like, you know, the Mavs have been uh, off to a really good start. Luca's doing really well. He's, you know, he came into camp in shape for the first time since he's been in the NBA, and it, it's definitely paying off. Um, yeah, I, heard of, I know Kyrie's having a good year, but you're not hearing a lot about him and what's going on. You know, usually he's got so many other things going on and talked about. Good, he's just playing basketball. Exactly. They're just focusing on ball. They're playing really well. It's early, but 
those are the two that I would think uh, should be at the top if we're not talking about Jokic. What about you? One of the people that is my favorite to watch right now is Tyrese Halliburton. I agree that it's odd because really the the team is just exceptionally good at offense and they don't play any defense. They did right. win tonight, but they won by outscoring Boston, not last man necessarily stopping them. I think it was 122-112. Uh, so I really like watching him, but if I had to actually pick, the person who I actually like is the least odds um, of this list. I really like watching Tyrese Maxey. I don't think he's the MVP. I would actually side with you with Shea as one of the ones who's not one of the top, top ones. Um, but I, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's probably going to end up being Jokic, uh, unless Embiid goes on some crazy run, because he kind of barely nudged it last year. Yeah. Just because they kind of were, I think it was the tired of Jokic winning, and but they played together that one time, and he did better. You know, they did they, they not together. Yeah, I'm sorry, they, they played against each other, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you, dude. I'm on Shea, dude. Shea looks really good. I, I, I can you believe? Check this out. Imagine, imagine a world right where you have a really young point guard, okay, and you're like, <laughs> you know what, this guy's really good, okay, but we think that someone could be better. Let's trade him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What are we trading him for? Well, we're not just going to trade him. Oh, really? Well, who else are we trading? Well, we're going to trade five future first round draft picks. Oh, we're trading the best player that we have and five future. Yeah. What are we going to do with that? We're going to go get Paul George. Is there a different Paul George that you guys are talking about? Or because does this trade look terrible now or it's, what? I mean, it looked bad at the time because everyone said SGA is going to be, you know, or the next thing. And it looks mm-hmm. worse now. Yes. But. Also, the Clippers thinking at that time was not only are we trading all these pieces and these and this player for Paul George, you're essentially trading it all for Paul George and Kawhi because Kawhi wasn't going to sign. Correct, with the wouldn't team come without Paul unless they got Paul. So it's yeah. kind of a, a a multiple team trade in the sense when you look at that, as far as like how many players came in and came out and what the replacement Still was. Dumb. But the fact that Kawhi and Paul George have one not played. I mean, this year they're playing every game, but since the trade Finally. to this point had not played every game, had been injured and missed games, had not played, like, SGA's been healthy the whole time and playing in Oklahoma City. You could have had him. work. And if you were didn't have Kawhi and Paul George, you would have had other pieces that you didn't trade for him that you could have drafted and possibly built around SGA and, and been Maybe, in like, spot. build in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You could be Oklahoma City right now. But, no, no. Didn't do that. They're actually pretty surprising. Pretty surprising, to be honest with you. We've got a couple questions that we want to get into, and that's where I want to start, actually, man. Of the of the first for the, for the first quarter of the season, who to you is the biggest like surprise team? To you, biggest surprise team. Well, I have two, but one of them's kind of a surprise in a sense. Uh, Minnesota okay. for sure. I mean, they're at the top yes. of the West, fifteen and four. It makes no sense. Uh, you know, just just killing and playing really well. Anthony but also Edwards, I take that with a grain of salt because last year Utah kind of had a start like this where they were off really hot and everyone's like, whoa, and then they fell apart. So. Gonna take okay. it for what it's worth. I know it's a different a team different. in the way they go yeah. about it. So that's my biggest surprise. But the other one is, even though we talked about Oklahoma City being good and building all this thing, I'm still kind of shocked they're at the number two seed at this point. I figured it might take them a little longer to get towards the top. But 13 and six, even with you know possible distraction of some sort off court, um, waiting for that thing to get kind of resolved, I guess. But they're still playing yeah. well and, and getting through it. So, but Minnesota for sure, I believe, is the biggest one for me. I 15 and four is not something I expected. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards though, did play in the FIBA tournament. We talked before, yeah, some killed it too. some guys play in those tournaments and then come into the next season and have one of their better years. So this is kind of, I think the continuation of some of that stuff from FIBA for him. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, for those of you wondering the reference, we'll get to it when we get a little bit more permanent 
true information. The Josh Giddy, you yeah. know, scenarios, what he's referencing. When we know more and we know their actual facts, that's when we'll kind of talk about it more. We don't really like talking about stuff that's still yeah, up in the air. So. Yeah, we're not we're not uh, going to speculate on any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, to, to answer your question, um, I'm with you with the with the Wolves. Uh, I I don't think they're similar to the Utah because I do think that they've been good. They again made the playoffs or no? The playoffs are just the play in. No, they made the playoffs. They lost to Denver first yeah, round. They yeah. lost to Denver first round. They won one game. Um, so you know they're 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 they were in the playoffs last year. They have some continuity finally with their team. There's not extra pieces being added or moved or here again. Anthony Edwards, who was able to play in the FIBA tournament and killed it, to be honest with you, kind of bringing that same energy. Cat doesn't have to play defense because Gobert's understanding his role a lot better. Not that they've gelled more. I think that one makes a lot more sense to me. The one that's still surprising to me, but this is the one that I kind of put along the lines of the Jazz, is the Magic. Actually, you the Orlando's been killing it. In fact, Orlando has beaten Boston at least this year as well. I think they're twice. doing work. Yeah, see, see. Um, but I think it might be a little bit of fool's gold. I don't think they're going to be as bad as Utah finished. I do think they probably make the playoffs this year, even if it is maybe as a as a eight to try to save their way with a play in. Um, but they're probably the biggest one to me. That is a possible fluke. Possible fluke. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. They're they're very young. Uh, Jalen yeah. Suggs is good though. Paolo Banchero, Franz Wagner, like they have some really nice pieces. But I'm with you. They are very young, and this is a nice start for them through 20 games, having started out 14 and six. And like we mentioned, yeah. beating Boston twice already. That's a good team. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of grow and continue to get through. And again, a lot of these guys are young. Paolo is only in his second year, so still getting used to the NBA amount of games and schedule and that Rookie kind of stuff. Either. So. Be interesting to see how they how they go into basically the new year. Let's see where they are after the first of the year and kind of going into January and if they can continue. Yeah, around the All Star break. Yeah, if they can hang in there going into January, February, they might actually have a chance. Even looking at the Eastern Conference, like, I mean, they're fourteen and six. Indiana's eleven and eight, and they're not that good. They don't play any defense. The Heat are and the seven seed that'll play in right now. Cleveland's not Average. very good. Like, no. they could they could sneak in as a six maybe, but they'd have to have a lot of things go their way. Um, but I'm with you there, man. Wow, Orlando, I 14 okay. wins out of 20. Yikes. Yeah. Next question we're getting to. We're going to take a little bit of the opposite approach. Someone who maybe you thought would be a little bit better. Uh, but who do you have as the biggest disappointing team so far this season? Oh, man, biggest disappointment. Well, in a weird way, I guess it's kind of expected, but also not so much. Uh, Memphis, like, I know Jaws out 25 games, but like you got rid of Brooks and that whole, you know, vibe. Uh, you brought in Marcus Smart, who is a, a good defensive guy. You brought in Derrick Rose, who's a good veteran leader and kind of would help some of those younger guys and Desmond Bain. But they have just been so bad. And, you know, Steven Adams at the beginning of the year was all of a sudden out with the knee injury and not going to be there all year. They still haven't gotten Brandon Clark from his torn ACL last season before the playoffs started. So when you Josh look suspension. at it on paper, you're like, yeah, they have no height and no real, you know, situation that makes sense. But from where they were a year ago to just get to this downfall so fast, I, I mean, by the time Jaw comes back, it might be too late. They might be too far down. I mean, they're five and fourteen. He get he's yeah, still got another bad. what six games before he can even come back. And I'm sure the first three to five games will be rough, and him trying to get his legs underneath him and and back into game shape. So by the time thirty games go by, they might have six or eight wins and and just be done and kind of a waste for jaw. I feel like at that point, just, you know, just don't get hurt all year. That would be the ultimate goal, I guess at that point. But uh, yeah, disappointment for sure on my end. What about you, man? Who's, who's letting you down right now? Well, 
mostly two things. One, the Lakers, honestly. Um, I I get we've had a lot of injuries to begin the season, and so that's why it's like the grain of salt that you kind of take it with. But I don't like that we're not – like losing games is not a problem, okay? I mean, it is a problem, but it's not the biggest problem, okay? Losing by 30 to Oklahoma City, losing by 44 to Philly, losing – what the hell is going on? What are yeah. we doing? LeBron and AD. LeBron, I think we were losing. I think we lost by 44. I'm pretty sure he still played like 30 minutes that game. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is, like, it's just, I don't know. I just don't know. So I'm kind of super annoyed. I understand the injuries part. So I'm trying to, like, just be patient, right? Yeah. But then hurry the hell back. I get Vandal just got back finally, his first game of the season. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of annoyed like- with them. But honestly, it is the Grizzlies. So next time, write it so we don't have the same ones. And then, uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm with you on the Grizzlies. Obviously, you do think about the the injuries and the jaw, um, the jaw suspension. Yeah. But I still think they should be doing a little bit better, especially since they brought in Marcus Smart to kind of ease a little bit. Now he doesn't have the offensive prowess, obviously, that Ja Morant does, but he's got a lot better defense than Ja does. So you think it'll balance out a little and bit. Desmond Bain is still there. Facts, and he can shoot and facilitate, mostly shoot, but can definitely facilitate as well. And you know, ah. I get I get your frustration with the Lakers, uh, but at the same time, like we talked, like you mentioned, there's injuries. I think Vando coming back is a big thing. Not that Vando's like the best player or gonna make a huge difference as far as his offensive input, but just his energy and hustle. I feel like him and Cam Reddish both on the court Ooh, and their defense is gonna be a good duo. Is gonna change a lot of the way the Lakers play, which then puts other guys back on the bench in their more normal rotation spots. Uh, it sounds like Rui's gonna be back uh, in the next day or two. He was possibly going to play Saturday, but last minute they decided not to. Uh, and he was practicing today, I think, with a mask on since he got hit in the face or the nose and, and messed Ugh. it up. So he should be back soon and go back into his, like, sixth, seventh man on the rotation. Uh, I, I I just think everything is in the right spot right now. I know Gabe Vincent, we still don't know what's going on with him. But other than that, everyone seems to be about to be back or is back. And I think that defensive uh, run they had the other night against uh, Houston on Saturday was a 25 to four run in the third quarter. They kind of started figuring some things out. And again, I think the energy from Vando is a big thing. They, we haven't had that energy at the beginning of the games. They've been down big early. I think Vando's energy makes a big difference because he's one of those guys who'll do the hustle plays and get the rebounds and the rebound battle. We've been losing a lot, but I think we'll get a little bit better in our direction now that Vando's back in the lineup and playing as long as he's healthy and, and good to go. So, but I understand where you're coming from as far as disappointing, but when you look at it, they're only, I mean, they got 12 wins. The best team's got 15 in the West. So they're right there. It's not too worrisome yet. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> Keeping with surprises. I know we just went from disappointments, but instead of surprise team, since you didn't write, don't pick the same one. <laughs> who is your surprise player? Oh man. Biggest surprise player this year. That's, well, I, I mean, Orlando being as good at this point, I feel like Pablo is, is a big part of that. Uh, no B, been... no B, Paulo, Paulo. Oh, Paulo, I'm sorry. Thank you for that. That's okay. Um, gotcha. You know, he's he's been really good. I know last year he was really good, and he's just continued to grow. I think Jalen Suggs and him are starting to really create something in Orlando, even if it doesn't. Jalen Suggs plays D. I think I... he's like top three in steals he per is, game or something this he year. He is really good. Uh, I know when he was at Gonzaga, he was good. I think that game-winning shot, I think, at half court to beat UCLA to go to the Final Four. Uh just uh, he's he kind of reminds me of a better version of Josh Hart. Like he does all the right things, plays smart, can shoot the ball, but is just much more efficient and uh, aggressive on the offensive end and can create his off his own offense more so or create for others compared to Josh's Hart game where it's more of a catch and shoot. 
Um, but and and played at Gonzaga, a, a program that's been around yeah. and has won for a long time, like Villanova did when uh, Hart went mm-hmm. there. So I I I think that Suggs and the Magic are just Suggs, man. That guy has just been a baller this year. Nice, I like that one. I'm going with somebody that I mentioned in a little bit of our uh, – yeah, I know, right? I'm going with somebody that I mentioned a little bit when we were talking about MVP because his basketball reference had him up there. Again, he's plus 12,000, so I don't think that one's really that close. But he's doing really well right now. I'm not necessarily surprised that he's doing well. I'm surprised at how well he's doing. Uh, there was a huge cloud that we that we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season between – you know, James Harden and the Sixers and just like this weird aura over the Sixers. But Tyrese Maxey has basically become and just blown up in his new role of basically filling James Harden's shoes. He's gone from the bench player who's supposed to come off and give him 20 to really the main ball handler facilitator and second slash first scorer, depending on the night, with Joel Embiid. Yeah. They look like a really good duo. And if he can kind of continue this and maybe kind of bulk up, I don't know how well he does on defense. This is similar to, with a little bit less skill on both of them, no offense to either, the Jokic-Murray kind of combination. That's you know, a, a really big, good big yeah. and a really good guard. Um, so I like Tyrese Maxey kind of. Again, kind of a surprise. He's not like, who is Tyrese Maxey? Of course not. No, no, no. But I'm just, I kind of like seeing that he's really stepping into that role and taking it and owning it. Uh, Nick Nurse is really like coaching him up. He's got him doing work. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's. Uh, I think it's doing. I think he's doing well. So I'm going for Tyrese. Tyrese, thing. I mean, doing work. Obviously, going into the season, you know, with the whole Harden situation, Maxi was kind of like, "Well, it's going to be. Is he going to be here? Is it going to be my role to kind of run the offense?" And now that he's gone, you're right. He's very is a similar player to Jamal Murray as far as playing off of Embiid, like he does, like Murray does with uh, Jokic. It's a very similar vibe, pick and roll. Uh, Nick Nurse is a really good coach and is a defensive minded coach, which is why Philly is as good as they are right now and kind of right in the thick of it for the top of the conference. They're only two, three games out. Um, they've already beaten Boston once this year. So it's a good pick. I I can't argue with your, uh, with your logic on any of that thing. Maxie for sure. Yeah. yeah I like the guy. Right, Last well, question. So we're a quarter of the way yeah. through as of this moment, mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, Minnesota's at the top of the conference, Orlando's number two in the East. So, could be very early to talk about this, but at this moment, who do you see facing off in the finals if you had to pick right now? I know it's gonna this is kind of a boring pick, but it's truly who I thought at the beginning of the season, and it just so happens to be that their records are kind of showing it. I'm I'm like again, I'm gonna be boring and pick the one seeds, but I'll explain at least why. I really don't have to explain much about Denver. So I'm picking Denver Boston. Easy. There's not really much I have to explain about Denver. Obviously, a great team. Not much has changed about their roster. Nothing else has changed about their main portion of their roster. The biggest thing I think they'll be missing is Bruce Brown. But again, how good Christian Brown is filling that role, I, I, it's, it's you know, give or take, dude. I don't think it's that yeah, big of a true. deal, to be honest. Um, and then from there, I think it's Boston because I truly think that they finally got what they were missing. They attempted to get it last year when they traded for Malcolm Brogdon. And not only did his injuries pile up again, but his play wasn't exactly what they were looking for. Beyond that, Robert Williams, Time Lord, also couldn't stay healthy to save his life. Now, when he was on the court, he was pretty much amazing, but also couldn't stay on it. Now, I know that Porzingis has had his injury history, and in fact, I believe he's either injured or coming back from injury now. He is out right now, yes. (laughs) But... The main thing that they needed, because it's not like Robert Williams was doing that much. The main thing they needed was filled by Drew Holiday. And not only did they get a guard 
who can completely own and direct an offense and get the ball to, but he can play off. He's a leader. He can play defense, arguably the best on ball defender, probably in the East that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And and it's, they've, this, huh? No argument there. (laughs) Yeah. They've just completely filled that biggest void. I think the only thing besides health, because that holds back everybody. I think the only thing holding back Boston is the coach. Um, and I don't even put him down. I don't think he's bad. I just, I don't know. He has a really, really good roster. Made it to the finals against Golden State. Couldn't figure it out. Well, that you was know, the year Doka was coaching technically. Still, Mizzou oh, oh, shoot, shoot. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Coach, so. Last year then, last year. He's been yeah. on oh, yeah, the team the whole time. Something, something's not working. Yeah, and then last year, blowing it against the eight seed. Now, granted, everybody blew it against the eight seed, including the one seed. Bucks. Yeah, and then obviously but Boston still. lost Tatum in the first five minutes with the ankle issue in Game Seven. They had no chance after that. Well, I shouldn't have got to Game Seven there. <laughs> That's true. Very good. But point. yes, still, still a point. So yeah, I say Denver, Boston again. I get it's boring, but I think that they filled that gap with Drew Holiday, and I think that's what makes them kind of lethal. All right, that's not a bad matchup. I, I am going to so match you, you on one of the teams. I'm going to go Denver. It's hard to pick against hard the West. Uh, they basically, like we talked about, are the same team, and they haven't really missed a beat. So I get that. Uh, but I'm going to go different in the East. I'm going to go Philly. I feel like with Nick Nurse there now, um, you know, the team is good now and they're starting to figure things out. But I also know before the trade deadline, they're going to make some some tweaks. Oh, they got because they have extra yes. bodies that they, you know, mm-hmm. got from the Harden trade. They can kind of move and and make. Something and honestly, else some of the pieces that they got from the Harden trade are really good, dude. Oh, yeah, like, I wouldn't. I would pieces that they need veterans on, like Batum. Yeah, Batum and Covington have been great. Uh, it just gives you more options that maybe there's other guys on your bench you want to move for other pieces. I mean. You got to mm-hmm. keep Pat Bev because he keeps their attitude and kind of gives them oh, that edge yes. Um, yes. that you want, uh, especially come playoff time. You're going to have to have a couple of those guys kind of push some buttons on the other side. I get He's that. Fucking with Austin Reeves, bro. That was well. Austin started it last year when he called him small yeah. in Chicago, so that's where it all yeah. kind of stemmed from. So yeah, don't piss off uh, <laughs> Beverly. He's going to come back at you. But well, he was responding to uh, Bra- uh, Beverly calling somebody. I think it was Braun or somebody small. So yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But you know, Pat Bev yeah, takes yeah. everything just to the extreme and does. What he does <laughs> True. So. Uh, but yeah, I think Philly, again, Nick Nurse being the coach there, and I think Embiid and Maxie being able to kind of play their games and seeing what they'll do at the deadline because Maury always seems to make the right moves as far as that goes. So I, I, for some reason, I just don't trust Boston as much as I used to. I feel like they had their run at the tie, at, in the finals, and you don't get them every year or for long periods of time very often. You usually get one run, maybe two if you're lucky, and I feel like they had their run. So this is Philly's chance. It's it's all set up for them to kind of do their thing. Nobody's going to expect it or – or pick them probably from the from the playoffs get go. It'll be all be about Boston and you know Milwaukee because they've already won. So they'll kind of fly under the radar a little bit. But I think Philly can ultimately get there and, and face off against the Nuggets. But we'll see. I do give you that Nick Nurse, I think, is a big X factor. Nice. I think he's a good coach, an underrated coach. And he took a he took a Toronto team. Now I got that I got Kawhi Leonard, but that yeah, team was but... really on the verge anyways. You need players, and so they got a player and boom. And that was Nick Nurse's first year. They had fired Dwayne Casey, I think, the year before, or maybe one more year prior. So it was like first or second year as a coach. And so the same year he won Coach of the Year, right? Yeah, he won Coach of the Year, and but got fired. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, But if you're Toronto at that time, like you know, you had Pascal Siakam, you had Fred Van Vliet, and all these guys. Kyle Lowry was playing. It wasn't just Kawhi came in there and they were all. No, he had a team and he was able to do work. So I think I agree with you. I like that one. I like that one. I'm rooting for that one definitely. Boston. Yeah. Right. Which now that we, last uh, thing I'll say, talking about Boston, we uh, had the first two games of the quarterfinals tonight of the in-season tournament. Uh, Indiana beat Boston, so Indiana will head to Vegas and play on, I believe, 
Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Um, and then New Orleans ended up beating Sacramento in uh, the state capital of California tonight. So New Orleans will move on to Vegas as well for Thursday. And then tomorrow we will get a couple more matchups to find out who's playing. But the biggest news about the semis on Thursday in Vegas is that ESPN and TNT's uh, pregame shows are basically going to team up and we're going to have the TNT broadcast group of the normal Chuck, Ernie, Shaq, and Kenny. And then they're going to add, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon from ESPN to do a, a broadcast together, which I think is very interesting. I'd watch. I'm not going to, but I would. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I don't know. I like. I think. I, I think I've talked about it. I'm a one fort at a time person. I didn't really start following football except for fantasy a little bit to the draft and obviously for the show until baseball was over. And I really won't be paying attention to basketball until football is over. So um, that'd be cool. I like. I like Will Bond and I like the inside crew. Um, Stephen A is. Yeah, he's a, a commentator little much, on but you television. Stephen A and Charles Barkley on the same set. That's got to be some interesting topics of conversation or back yeah, and forth. might be annoying. Um, <laughs> not each of them, but together, I don't know how that would be. That might be oh. just like a Ernie's going to have his hands full. That's for damn for sure. Absolutely. And thankfully it's only one night, so we don't have to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, that wraps up the topics at least. Ooh. Of course we end with our fun segments, but uh, I think it was a good one. Heck yeah, and a lot of lots topics, of football, uh, yeah, but it's football, wrapping up. That's why we're getting near the end. Yeah, we're just getting near the end, and uh, you know the standings are really jumping week to week and uh, seeing who's going to hold on and possibly get the top seed in the AFC and now even the NFC with the Eagles losing to the Niners. It kind of opens up the door. Exactly, exactly. Well, with the last segment, since it is Monday, we didn't get to do yeah. it last week since we recorded on Tuesday, but we are not going to miss two freaking Mondays in a row. No, I way. think it's time, bro. Let's do it. Milk Monday. Milk Monday. I cannot believe a fine woman like this produced a guy like Stiffner. Dude, I took some milf. What the hell is that? M I L F. Man, I love facts. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Milk Monday. Ooh, milk Monday. All right. So, my friend, now that we're back on it, oh, I've missed it last week. I don't like not having it. Okay, <laughs> I don't like not having it. I need my my Mondays. What fact you got for me today, dude? So it is football related, but uh, I just thought it was kind of a funny one and random one. It's not a uh, super in, in depth, but uh, the Tennessee Titans, who originally were the Houston Oilers back in the day, um, when they were the Houston Oilers originally, they were a part of the AFC, or at the time they called it the AFL because they were separated, um, East as far as divisions were concerned. And they were a part of it for, I think, about 10 years. They did uh, in their teamwork in that uh division in 1960 after the 1969 season um but the funny thing to me is is since that time they were only in the t the division that amount of time and it's been what 50 60 years since then mm -hmm. that the oilers or titans have won four afc east crowns in their existence or time they were there in the entire time the jets have been a franchise they have also won four afc titles but they've been in that division their entire existence <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's been 54 years since you guys have, or 53. That's Ugh, nuts, man. I just, I that's don't a know. Crazy I, fact. It, it just thought it was funny because you know that I was. How's anybody about, a Jets fan? Well, <laughs> I, I, we should go, if I'll call my uh, dad's buddy Serge and be like, "Yo, man, how do you still Dude, do it? I don't understand. <laughs> I met that guy. I love that guy, but I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. J E G S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I like their chant. It's simple and That's fun. Not but... the only good thing they got going. 
that's about <laughs> it, man. I can't find a quarterback to save their freaking life. No, not at all. It has been rough and will continue to get rough, but that's okay. Okay, real quick. Speaking of speaking of the Jets and quarterbacks, I've randomly I forgot what game it was. There was a uh, oh, it was the Browns. Um, Rams game yesterday. I was watching a little bit of it and they had Mark Sanchez in the booth. Okay. Oh, There's yeah. this one play. Oh, huh? yeah. I know where you're going. You saw this? <laughs> okay. This is one play where they throw, uh, where Flacco throws it down the, down the sideline to Elijah Moore and he catches it, but he's falling back and he lands on his, he lands on his back and it's just, you can't quite tell if he's like, he's like right on the line of whether or not he's in or out of bounds. So they go to the rules guy and they start talking about, um, you know, what his opinion is and whether or not he thinks he got it. And he says that, you know, he believes that one portion of uh, the player's body is in bounds. And so they think that it'll be it, it basically says, you know, where the hip area is uh, <laughs> kind of the thing. And he ignores it. But then the ref comes out because oh they challenge the play and the ref comes out and says, OK, hey. We have uh, let me let me tell you what happened. We can confirm that the wide receiver's butt cheek hit the uh, ground in bounds, and so therefore it's completed. And the rules analyst said, "Okay, well I'll let him say it, but I don't want to say it myself with Mark in the booth. <laughs> I didn't want to bring up butts around Mark Sanchez because of the, of course, famous butt fumble. So oh, I just thought that was so crazy how the intricacies of all that like worked in." Not um, only that, but the second challenge that Cleveland had later was apparently not a good challenge. Like they shouldn't have done it. And the referee was like, after review, the Cleveland Brown receiver clearly stepped out of bounds. You could tell his like tone was like, come on, man. Why did you? Why would a waste? That? <laughs> <laughs> it's a timeout. So not the best uh, weekend for the refs, I guess, in L.A., but funny moments for us to enjoy on the broadcast, which, yeah, you know, if you want to hear uh, some of our other uh, episodes that we've talked about, other episodes, our games or seasons or predictions, whatever you want. Or the facts that we have. Of course, Milf Mondays are always a famous one. Uh, remember to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube by searching Our View from the Bench. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OurViewFTB. Good Monday. How's the rest of your week looking, dude? Actually, pretty nice. Uh, the Ducks are on the road right now, so I have kind of a calm week. Um, I don't have to work a game or anything. I just got a concert this weekend, but it's not even a crazy one. So I'm actually kind of feeling good about uh, just enjoying the next couple of days. I do have my work uh, Christmas party on Wednesday afternoon, so that'll be fun to go nice. to and feed us on the little boat ride that we go on in the Newport Harbor or whatever. And then, uh, Sweet. Yeah, other than that, I'm, I got a pretty easy week. I'm just going to be uh, prepping, I guess, for Thursday's show, man. What about you? Yes, same. Well, I'm not going on a boat cruise in Newport <laughs> Harbor, but uh, just working this week, normal stuff, working out, swim, going to try to hit the gym tomorrow, swim Wednesday, gym Thursday, swim Friday, I try to do it every other day kind of thing. So trying to really get back into it. I want to feel better. I want to, you know, just feel healthier, dude. We're too young to feel yeah. old. Understandable. So. Yeah. Get up and keep moving, man. I get you. I do it at work every day, so I understand. Yep. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Other than that, we appreciate you all stopping by. Same things from Arby from the bench. I'm Brendan. And I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.